Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome to an episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den, a Pokemon Go PvP podcast. As always, I am the veteran Taco Dog, joined by the God Amongst Trainers, Professor Jet Force Gemini. We're we're really wilding today, are we? We got to throw God into the wind somehow, you know. You know that saying, "New Year, New Me." Now it's the 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 end of a five year journey, so we get to just celebrate the the gains. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> exactly. It's it's a new a new horizon, new openings. It's like the start of the new journey. When spoiler alert for those of you who haven't kept up on the Pokemon anime and live under a rock, when Ash left the series, and now there are new protagonists and there are new adventures. Do you think Ash is gonna grow up? If they do a time skip, I'd be down with her. Like honestly, because it's like you could still keep Ash like as a background character, but still have the focus be on like. The, the three protagonists that are in the anime which I haven't I haven't watched the new one yet because reasons <laughs> but they do we'll have, see what like, happens. the slightly aged models from all of the Kanto gym leaders they could just do the same for Ash right exactly but he's got to be perpetually 10 years old or I technically he should I don't know about that I feel like we can be done Peter Panning him <laughs> technically and I did watch a video on this by process of elimination and with some very 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 big assumptions and swings from the the design of the anime ash should technically be about 11 or 12 years old because he was 10 years old when he started his journey and then when he got back to viridian city for the first pokemon league he said and i quote i can't believe it's been a whole year since we've been in viridian city so he should be at least 11 years old not 10 like everyone else thinks yeah I don't I don't know. Like there there are some people I think who have done the whole like if every episode was a day and, <laughs> and done and done just like some some raw numbers on it, but yeah. We 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 can we can jump him up a bit. I, I would be curious to see just kind of like what he would do as a how how do I say this? A settled person. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like I guess he would like continue being some professor's helper probably but just yeah like have him actually be like grad student ash what if he's the captain of the boat from like the trailer and captain pikachu is just ash's pikachu just Just, all grown up it's just it's just undercover boss (laughs) (laughs) i mean it could happen you know i'm just I'm just spitballing ideas. I don't need them to be that close to the story. It's 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 more just it, they don't have to do very much to, to incorporate him into the world at this point. They're just like he can be twenty. Like that that's fine. That is true. Like, he can he can be the new oh god, Leon. Oh my goodness. It's a world champ second. difference. Yeah, exactly. He's 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 Wolfie of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I love I love watching Wolfie videos. They're very memey, but the the recent one about NAIC was crazy. I know. Kind of makes plug, by the way, like that that guy. Like it's it is his running joke that it's the world champ difference. But like when he actually goes and talks about his team building, like it's it's there. You feel it. It's just like okay, yeah. Like you get invested, and you're just like, man, I really hope this does well. But since he's talking about it in the past, I've like, oh, never mind. I know what the, I know what the end result was. We didn't see him on Championship Sunday. Did did his uh, team building partner make it? I couldn't remember. He did, I, I don't think he said. 
I can't remember either. The other flamigo. But by the power of the internet, we'll be able to find out somehow. But anyway, we do have to get into some Niantic and Battle Frontier news. Now that, you know, we'll get to the, the main title content in a second. So by the time this episode is live, we will be in the middle of the Pokemon Go World Championships event with with the ability to do 10 sets of GBL, excuse me, 10 sets of GBL, nice avatar items, PVP relevant mons spawning in the wild, TM, or asterisk, excuse me. And then I think like as one of the big, one of the nice things, Alolan Sandslash is going to be getting its community day move. Machamp gets gets its community day move in payback. Dugong gets its community day moves. So does Obstagoon. And then Dugong... Community, but not community because you said dugong already i was gonna say dugong was gonna get its le- quote-unquote legacy moves in ice shard and icy wind so walring was the other one that went unnamed there oh i thought I, okay yeah walring gets his community moves of powder snow and ice school spear and Which then huge by the way like those have not been available and if you didn't have a walring like night and day difference oh 100 and then the sheep is making its glorious return Hop has blessed us with its signature Pokemon. Now I gotta find someone to swap Lulu's before that starts. Yeah, same. I'm gonna be running my Mega Kangaskhan because it's level 3 and hunting as many Wooloos as I can. And another segue event. Whenever I see Wooloo, I think of the old Age of Empires meme when you took your priest to go convert like your other troops and it would just go Wooloo and then like you'd get a free a free army unit that you can then use to either sacrifice it or go pillage the other players. I'm showing my age. The Age of Empires sound bites are iconic. (laughs) I highly encourage anybody to just, and probably some of y'all have heard it if you're browsing the internet and have come across it. So that was where it's from. And then there is a new Pokemon that's coming, Passimian. The pure fighting Pokemon will be making its Pokemon Go debut with the moveset of Counter, of Counter, which is the only quick, fast move you need, but it also gets Rock Smash or Takedown. But its charge moves, it'll get Brick Break, Superpower, and Close Combat. So this thing will be a nuking machine. It, it's going to be a whole lot of nothing. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm trying to hype this thing up. It may be a dex filler, but it's... The, its stats were comparable to like stat product was comparable to a Vigoroth if I remember correctly well right now the ways of getting it look like they're going to be research and raids and I hope it doesn't get like the new Pokemon treatment that Dredagon and I forget what the other one was where it was just like the research task was win three raids oh Turtonator <laughs> yeah so it's just like I, I hope they they aren't doing that again especially since this time there's not a shiny attached to it and it's yeah it's not great <laughs> i mean that's fair honestly but, but Simeon doesn't really have a lot of moves in the game except tackle i won't be i won't be terribly surprised if that's exactly what happens replace takedown give it tackle but then you i mean counters right there so just yeah. the fact that it only has fighting charge moves is also pretty bad. Yeah, you're you're not wrong on that zero, one. Zero coverage at all is a little rough. But, you know, there's still, there's still 
a few days that could change maybe yeah just like when they had to nerf toxapex before it even hit the field and giving it brine instead of muddy water or when they nerfed halucha and took away counter but gave it poison jab i'm so glad they did that i understand it but it would have given me a reason to go back home and pick a couple of them up now it's just like oh i see one meh kept it kept it niche which is which is i think exactly how the uh, regionals should be when they give it the worldwide treatment give it counter that's all i'm saying that is not it's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) they they uh, they have like i they could be wrong but i don't think they've updated any of the regional mons have they no they have not I'm, i'm thinking now no, no, yeah, you're right. They have not. It's like, I guess, kind of by extension, it's a Viper, just because it has Poison Fang, but... Um, but that's a rotating regional, so... Yeah, but even the rotating ones, I feel like, don't get touched very often. No, you're right, they don't. Okay, fine. But it's, it's a Taco Can Dream, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that... I think that covers the... every, or I think that covers most of the... Or actually, all of the events... I yeah, am just shiny scraggy is kind of the one new thing. Shiny scraggy. Eh, I don't really hunt shinies that much, so I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. Oh, the one, the one other thing that is not very well described right now, and I'm curious what it actually means, is that the GBL rewards they they mentioned that the IVs will be of wider variants. Does does that mean like go battle day, or are they actually no floor at all or is this like some in between i think they will just remove the floor okay that that's what i'm guessing with because it's like it's a go battle day but it's not a go battle day so yay battle focused yeah and by the way the championship event starts august the 11th at 10 a.m local time and will end the 15th so it's going to be a really short event well i'm here for it it's going to be great and key. So with that, we do have a very short play Pokemon segment. If you're in the Iowa City area, August 29th is the Pokemon Go Iowa City League Challenge at 6 p.m. again. We had a great turnout. We got three rounds and one person was able to beat me and I was able to 2-0 everyone else. But I'm looking for revenge and I'm always looking. We're always looking for players to come out. All you need is a phone, a train, and a play Pokemon account. Bring your six best, bring your six best Pokemon under Combat Power fifteen hundred, and let's duke it out. And, I mean, to be quite frank, if you beat me, I will give you a special prize in the form of Pokemon Go Community Ambassador cards. Is that like an item bundle? Yeah, it's an item bundle. That's cool. And the good thing is, is they're, yeah, so I, I have a bunch of those cards left over still, so it's good that we're going through them, but it's also not good that I don't, I'm trying to be a little stingy with them because I don't know when the next box is. But hey, we're, we're, we're rolling with it. Jet, have you been able to make it out to a league challenge yet? I sure have it. <laughs> I, I was, I'm glad to see, like, there's a few shops that are at least hosting, play Pokemon events, so, like, when I return from the Canada, I can I can poke some people and see if they're interested in doing Go as well, or 
you know, check back in with uh, other <laughs> mostly Swablus that are that are looking at uh, potentially setting something up for us. Okay, then. Well, I really hope that you're able to get out there because it'd be pretty cool if like our our team could lock up the lock up the quote travel awards for events and stuff. Yeah, I'm 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 still hopeful that we get something a little bit more diverse than just open Great League for this new season of, of play Pokemon stuff, but I'm also just gonna be happy if we get some some regular tournaments to attend. Right. But you know, there is the problem with like open Great League or not problem, but open Great League provides like the most quote unquote complete meta and i only say that because it's like if you build four of the four of the six meta mods at any given point you already have a good solid foundation and then like the other two can be your you're kind of like switch like you're kind of like switcheroo or like your your curveball to throw yeah well and i don't i don't mind people getting mileage out of their investments like obviously obviously i like using pokemon that i already have built but just just you know, something a little bit new, a little bit of a shakeup, and that can also just be like we we obviously get a new season again at the end of this month, so that could also just be enough. Like uh, that that is my optimism showing, but I don't know. It would it would be nice if we got something a little bit more like the video game where they have like the the rotation of of just the pool that you have to figure out a little bit. Okay, and especially like the meta that we get kind of stuck with we will kind of hold on to for at least three months and then when they update new things you can test it at your locals before going to like a regional and going oh my god what do i do well and that might be the biggest advantage of having local tournaments is that you get to stress test your team (laughs) yeah the team that i stress test was really good but it needs to be better so i'm excited for the season like i said i like bringing in new peeps to the hobby that is pokemon go pvp and yeah okay so now it's time to break out i was gonna say break out the tissues and cry a little bit because we are at (laughs) we are at that point in the podcast where we say our final goodbyes to the sylph arena i mean we we joke about it a little bit but i feel like the depression time was just right when they announced it and then it was like i got to be i got to be sad about it for enough of an extended period just across the last kind of wave and then also getting to play Continentals that it was like oh well I feel like I got to say goodbye already <laughs> right okay that that is fair but now we, we actually have to say goodbye to it on the podcast we're just not gonna like say hey I'm gonna go get some milk and never talk about this again or like repress this memory repress this memory because Sylph was a massive, at least for me, it was a massive influence on my life and how I played this game. I've said it once, I'll say it a thousand times. If it wasn't for the Sylph Arena coming around when it did, I would not be playing Pokemon Go. Full stop. That's it. That's the tweet. Thank you for coming to my TED Top. (laughs) Mic drop. Yeah, and I think I'm in the same boat. And even more than that, like getting to meet kind of the the local pvp community was also a big part of that where then like those became the the people and that was kind of the the activity was you know 
got these got these tournaments twice a month. Yeah, and at least for me, it was once a month. And the amount of people that came out like in season one was honestly a lot of fun. And being at least like for my community, we were chosen to host one of the very first regionals that were in person. And I was super excited about that. We had somebody come from Alaska, if I remember correctly. And we kind of like, you know, we had it at my at our local library and everybody had a blast and we were super excited for what the new season was going to bring. And meanwhile, I just kind of got the itch to battle. Like, I I started, like, in the, I, what was it, Twilight Cup? That was the, the second tournament. And I wasn't the the best battler. I was using Rock Smash Azumarill before the XL stuff was. And, like, Nidoqueen with all these nuke moves. And just, like, kind of watching, kind of watching the community grow, That that was something like starting when we started the like when we had like our usual eight turnout and then like people would like trickle in sometimes people would come from across the state and in Ames Iowa or Des Moines or even as far away as Nebraska even though I joke about Nebraska on the podcast a lot the the crew came out in August for it and they were really really good and we just we enjoyed it so much we had like our first kind of crossover event down at the, at our local regional the the Irvine crew which is Orange County came and so like we got to have a six rounder which was super exciting and it was hosted by one of the game shops like down in close to San Diego proper so like also outside my immediate area but um it, it made me wish that like we did more of that like there was more of the the collaboration there but I was also just glad that those community leaders like thought ahead to do that in the first place uh because yeah during season one i feel like they could have easily gone either north or south (laughs) or i feel like it was season two or three where there were just like regionals everywhere so like there was there was some strategy picking which one you actually showed up to but yeah, season one, it was it was a good time because I got to drive down just with one of the other local guys that I played with, and then um, a lot of the other people showed up like with their families and stuff, and so it was it was an event, <laughs> <laughs> and and I didn't I didn't really understand like how good I was doing. Like this was also early on, so like. Um, I'd, I'd done decently in some tournaments, but like this was obviously the biggest one that uh, we'd had. Where, like, I finally made like the correlation between like the, the lower your pair number was, like the better you're doing. And so it was just like I got off to a good start or whatever, and then it was just like, hold on, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually doing really well. Um, but yeah, like, there's and then. Of course, like the the one that we've talked about a few times after that was Rainbow Cup and just kind of the one of the great joys of, of Sylph in the first place was just the fact that they had a tournament map where literally anyone could show up, like including some scrub Californian at an Iowa City tournament. <laughs> okay there. 
and they can they can show up a day early because they've been like so focused on writing stuff that they've like just missed at some point what the actual date was for the tournament. <laughs> I, I remember that very fondly, and that was that was the first time we ever met in person. And if correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I kind of remembered it was we became like really good friends, and then you became like really uh, like really active in the server, and then. We never really heard from you again until the in season two when it was like everything's remote, everything's fun now. Yeah, well, and after everything went remote, like if if we're if we're ready to start talking about season two. Oh, I was I was I jumped the gun on that one. That's on me. But we can go into this one, and then we'll go back to season one. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and that was that was it, right? It's like yeah, I mean that was that was always kind of like the tough thing with needing to be ultra friends to do remote battles is unless you like really went out of your way to set it up like it was it was pretty hard to manage and i mean i did do some of those like it was it was fun like we it was a three or four rounds like when we did those groups just because like it took a month of prep to make sure everyone was at ultra friends with each other to be able to support it but um yeah as, as soon as like i could actually support you guys like in, in in a real way again like yeah of course i was gonna i hopped back in and i think i played almost every tournament that you guys ran um until you stopped yes that that was correct the unfortunate thing i promise we'll get back to season one but the unfortunate thing was the remote raid or the remote raid the remotes battling killed our killed our pvp momentum and killed our pvp community it just it didn't feel like it just wasn't the same yeah well like, and i mean the same thing i think happened to almost every local or small community where as soon as gate was open to participate literally wherever in the world you wanted like <laughs> it became it became hard to compete like or and just it showed and continues to show just in how much more centralized a lot of the big servers became because they just kept absorbing those people Yep. Or you can be like, I guess like when I was self guide, a whole bunch of people from the arena team go, hey, let's do a March Madness style tournament. And we had like four straight months of, you know, Midwest Madness where we had players from like Iowa, Chicago, Kentucky, eh, not Kentucky, because whatever, Ohio mm-hmm. and all these other people that were just like jumping in and having a blast with it. Golly, the, the talent in there was stacked. Well, and it's 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 kind of weird thinking back just on some of the battles in season one specifically because that was before the time that most people were screen recording. So like, whatever happened happened. <laughs> like what? Like however the game went, it was it was kind of just like someone's word. So it like it was it was a very different uh, place just as far as the mechanics go like obviously the the play is is was at a very different level than it is these days like yeah we we also had to deal with the whole like actual coin flip cmp super super fun yep and you know the the dash swapping i think it was somewhere during season one that we got to actually have the uh, energy gauge that would show past when your charge moves were full, right? Yes, actually, it would just go up to the top, and then you kind of have to like figure out, uh, how much energy do I have? 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whereas, like, you, you had to know that there was an energy limit beyond whatever your charge move was, and that you... But there was also, like, a cap. You, could, you couldn't just, like, store energy forever. That's true. I'm trying to remember if there was other, like, obvious uh, physical things. Like, I want to say it was season... Maybe the end of season one, we got the bubble ninja stuff. You mean like when we went from when we went from like tapping the screen as fast as you can to the mini game? Yeah, exactly. Yes, that was that was just after that was just before our first regional, or just after our first regional in Continentals, the first Continentals in season one. Gotcha. Yeah, like I, I remember it being relatively late <laughs> in in season one because i i remember a good deal of just well okay yeah because because regionals was still on the old system i don't even think they've announced it yet for the for nightmare right regionals was its own special meta it was all the pokemon types that were allowed were to be allowed but all the pokemon that were banned were banned I, I thought it was that it was literally just the entire list of Pokemon that had been legal up to that point, like thrown together. Yeah, that that's the the one I was talking about. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess I, I, I guess I was really bad at explaining it. <laughs> yeah. So it was, yeah, it was all the prior metas just like thrown together, which. Yeah, I don't I don't think there were any spot bans either. It was it was. It's, Anything that you've used up to this point, you can use again. <laughs> Pick your six. Let's go. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it was like just short of open Great League at that point because like all the metas had been specific types. That is true. And not there. I think there was like very little overlap between the monthly cups up until, oh, what was it? Nightmare in May, which I thought was really neat. Yeah, that was and that was also the the regional month. True. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. No, yeah, yeah, it was because it was nightmare, and then regional. I remember having to host two tournaments because one week I was hosting the regional, and then the next week I was hosting our nightmare cup. That was a very long week. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was that was like the burden of it, right? Is it was kind of double-edged sword just because you got to have an extra weighted tournament that month if you were participating uh, for better or worse <laughs> and then yeah you, you still had the regular the monthly cup to figure out yeah I think I, th- I was gonna say I think that covers everything that I wanted to talk about in season one I guess I guess we can kind of get into like the nitty-gritty slightly or just like throw this in at the end of each season as a as it was a thing is just that for season one your first cup was your weighted cup like there was there was no way around it like that's just how it worked yep like I knew I knew some people who like went out of their way to do as many tournaments as they could like there was this one guy that uh would take his son to a bunch of tournaments like when i looked at his card it was just like oh man he's doing like six to ten of these every month that's nuts <laughs> i thought doing two was a lot yeah that's rough just like, because they're they're literally in person and you like it 
still felt like kind of like a secret club almost <laughs> whereas just like the the community was there for these events but like man it was it was hard to find people like this was also like pre-discord days is what i would call it yes i remember that one a lot actually like obviously you guys had your server but it was listed just as a host community and then there wasn't like a link to discord or anything like that so yeah that was that was like the one thing that like i appreciated later on that became more of a thing is like if you were a person that was like traveling to a new area and wanted to do tournaments that you could actually get in contact with people and ask questions and it wasn't just like <laughs> show up and hope that you find people right but yeah, but yeah definitely i was gonna say but yeah it definitely was a pretty fun time and i yeah i got my very first tournament wins in in season one i my i got my technical first win in twilight the guy who actually organized it forgot to register for the tournament so then we had seven people and it didn't count um although like on my on my card like it shows up as the last tournament because it just got thrown in which is cool (laughs) that it did in fact get to count for me the one thing that didn't show up though is that like i won the the three-round tournament, and then I played the guy as like the the boss battle, the, and and won that also. So it, it should have even been a been a four-zero. But um, after that, I didn't end up winning until the the Rainbow Cup. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I didn't get my first tournament win until season two. I I remember I only did back then. I only did one tournament a month. Like, well, <laughs> I'm. And- a, just yeah i i guess i guess i want to just like stress that it was a lot because like there was no guarantee that it was close by like i felt really thankful that i had a couple communities just like within 20 minutes that i could do true yeah i remember that and oh my goodness (laughs) uh yeah so like back then i only did one turn in a month because i just didn't want to go anywhere and it kind of reflects in my like season one i ended global i ended up ranked eight just shy just past the eight thousand eight thousand sixty one globally with a record of 24 wins and 22 losses and then season two i did 32 tournaments which was 22 more than the 10 tournaments well yeah and then and that's that's the the remote showing right like yeah you could actually get to the tournament limit without being a nut job. <laughs> well, the other thing was is before the the remote, the remote, everything went remote in season two. I was doing three to four tournaments every every month because what a lot of the tournament organizers here in Iowa did was the smaller tournaments would have or the smaller communities would have their tournaments at the beginning of the of the month. And then the bigger tournaments or the bigger communities had their tournaments at the end of the month. And we would use the smaller tournaments as kind of like a testing ground where we can just like test our teams out if we liked it, we didn't like it, whatever. And so like, I remember in October, every single week I was traveling with Mr. Dr. Pants and we were going to like Washington, Iowa, Muscatine, Iowa, and all the way out to Des Moines as well, even like Ankeny. And then once 
kind of things had settled down and we're like oh we we probably shouldn't travel every single month because we're college kids on a shoestring budget let's 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 pick the big ones to go to and have the little ones come to us sort of thing and i'll never forget like they i'll never forget before everything went remote my last my last what's the word my last tournament that i ever took part in was the Pokemon, was the Muscatine Toxic Cup in Muscatine, Iowa. I had a terrible showing. But, and I, but I still managed to finish two and two. And then the next week, I brought the exact same team to our remote tournament, because it was our Pogo IC one. And I ended up sweeping that 4-0 to take my second cup victory, third tournament win overall. Sweeps are pretty exciting. Yeah, especially like the Rose Cup was that was my Cinderella story. Like, but <laughs> like without getting too sentimental, like I went, we we went out to Muscatine, and there was a player by the name of Easily Amused, and he was the Muscatine coordinator, and we were just like fighting, battling. Uh, I actually lost him in the third round. He's still and there. then yeah, same here. And then there was there was another guy by the name of Pisistratus. We, I picked him up from Cedar Rapids that day, and that we drove out to Muscatine. What's that? That guy's worse at gifts than you. It's, I mean, yeah, fair. And so, like, he ended up sweeping uh, easily amused to set off the four-way tie. So I'm like, ah, yes, I finally got the gold on a tournament, but I, I need to win one outright. So then the next week, we go to quad, the Quad Cities in the mall, and I bring pretty much, yeah, the exact... Yeah, the exact same team, but instead of Charizard, I brought Blaziken, and then I sweeped that one. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is amazing!" Like, I conquered, I conquered the freaking like I finally just swept a tournament, and then the the locals happened, and my rival, Mister Doctor Pants, beat me. So I couldn't sweep all the Rose Cup tournaments. Yeah, well, and that was kind of the the tricky part about early sylph like even through let's see i want to say pv poke was not really a thing until about toxic cup um that i recall and that's also when i started recording like that i wish i had some of like those earlier battles but yeah just as soon as everything went remote like it was it just became like this this is the reality of if if you're gonna play and if you want to like have fair judgments this is how you, you gotta learn to do this thing and so uh just to to mirror some of your earlier commentary like my local community in escondido they had a basically a a preview tournament where it was it was always the smaller tournament and then a trophy event each month and this was also the season where you could actually decide ahead of time which tournament that you wanted to wait however that wasn't something you could change once the tournament started and so you kind of had to guess like you had to say you had to like balance how well you thought you were going to do against how big of a tournament it was (laughs) so it was kind of like Obviously, the gamble is, will you do better in the bigger field or 
or just like honestly give yourself a better chance to go positive right if you have more rounds or uh, do you have a situation where you can sweep like a 3-0 that's under the four round limit and yeah that's definitely yeah choosing a tournament to wait was not the fun part yeah and, and well and I was just because I'm looking back through my card and there's like a few of those that I just chose poorly <laughs> <laughs> and it and it just it shows like and it was also maybe one of the things that over my years of self I've had feel the most questions about <laughs> like <laughs> hey so which tournament should I wait is just like one of those that I had to help people with constantly because unless you were super familiar with how it worked or and then like obviously later on we got like the check mark that you could change whenever as long as you hadn't waited a tournament already that month but and so that just made it more complicated for people is that then they were sending me like in process tournaments or it's just like so i'm four one in this tournament or you know it's like or i'm or i'm probably gonna get this 3-0 like which one is better it's like oh god <laughs> it's like people people trying to like getting a little stuck in the in the minutiae of, of how to get the most points out of it but that's only after they learned that the button exists. <laughs> so, right. So yeah, there were, I think that was also just like one of the things that got kind of the most dramatic, or I just mean like drama. It's like around self had most to do with rating, I think because of how the waiting system worked. Um, and then, yeah, the, the LA mega tournament with timeless, like, what a blast oh i'm jealous at that one that one well and that was that was like kind of the first of its kind too like there were there were 300 people it was a nine round tournament uh obviously there were bigger tournaments after that but like (laughs) that was the first (laughs) yeah well and that was that was the only time that the whole local community just got to like mob an event (laughs) and so it was it was also a community day oh man that was such a long day <laughs> that was like the combined <laughs> community day for the end of the year um so it was like we we got up to la to walk around and trainer tips nick was there and, and king was there like they were both commentating some of the like top table battles um and they were yeah they were being streamed there was like a whole there were there were caterers brought in and so like you could just give five dollars for a taco plate it's like life-saving tacos um, <laughs> but yeah like the the biggest thing was just like uh and and i'm hoping that regionals kind of starts to become this again where you can go with or meet your friends in a place and like you have those people to just kind of like decompress between rounds with because like being able to play through a round and then go back and have like your 10 to 10 to 20 people to just kind of like talk it out with like oh man such a such a nice feeling to not just be like on edge the whole time <laughs> yeah that's fair one thing that i did want to kind of talk about was the leaderboards that sylph had given us and i remember like 
in season one, I was nowhere near the top. So I said in season two, I want to become the king of Iowa City, like the best battler. And for a while, it was it was a race between Mr. Dr. Pants, Ares323, and myself because we had gone to every single tournament. We had all played. We were all placing in the top three somewhere around there. And then of course, when things went remote, you kind of joined the thing and you just rocketed it up at the top. I was kind of glad I had like a four, a six month head start because <laughs> had we had the two things together, you definitely would have been at the top. <laughs> well, and that reminds me though, just like season two was so long. I <laughs> know. Season one, at least, it felt like they had a plan as far as uh, like how many cups go into a season. It was like two, three. Uh, like, yeah, like seven-ish, and then that's season two. Season two definitely was this was like a slog. I think maybe I think so. My my tinfoil hat theory was they originally planned to do the eight, kind of like how season one went, but mm. then when COVID shut everything down, they're like, oh, fudge, yeah. we got to do something quick. Two more tournaments, let's go. Well, and it, I don't even think it was that as much as just there was so much of the world was in a holding pattern, right? Like it was like this was going to be a two week thing. That was that was what everyone was told. That was the understanding. And obviously we know better now, but just like that was that was the reality that they that everyone thought they were in was, OK, so we can kind of go back to in person like in a month maybe you know like we have talk to cup be fully remote and then just like that having to constantly check in with <laughs> the state of things like i think that was more to blame than anything is they just like everyone else didn't want to make a long-term plan like i i, I don't know that it should have affected the number of cups in the season but I mean, I'm, I'm not sad with what we ended up with as far as, um, like, getting to have Sorceress and Catacombs at the end. Like, those were the ones that, like, really I started to do really well in and, like, got me kind of into the the, the next tier of, of, of players. And so, like, obviously I'm not I'm not mad about that. But, <laughs> it just, yeah, it just it just felt like it went on forever because it kind of did. Yeah. I was happy enough to make ace in season two. I went from top, I went from top ten thousand in the world, and I rocketed up to the final rep. I I ended up at two two thousand two hundred eighty one eighty first place in the world, which like a jump of six thousand was like heck yeah, I'll take it. And that was the first tier that I or first season I made ace, which was like like my crowning accomplishment. Well, and just with all of the factors i feel like season two was a really good indicator of just like where you stood against a global community because that's that's what it became and like yeah there was still obviously the limiting factors of you had to play the rating system correctly you still had to do well at regionals to move on uh and that was that was a remote regional. The season two regional was remote. Yes, I placed second, and I was very mad at my performance because I lost the game I should have won. 
So did did second place just get you nothing? Like you yeah. were just done? <laughs> Absolutely. You so back then to like to get a continental invite, you had to win a regional if you're if you had less than sixteen people. And I believe like once you had thirty two people, the top two went and so on and so forth. Mm. That regional we had fourteen. So no, it yeah, was, I, was just, I was just checking mine. We had seventeen. Yeah, so I I lost I made a bonehead decision and lost to a player by the name of Corvus Aatrox, who's a really good player out of Muscatine, I wanna say. I don't think they play anymore. I haven't heard from them. Yeah, well and that's, that's the other that's the other like point of interest, I guess, for me is like I scroll down to the bottom of that tournament page for, you know, season two regionals and I was liter I'm literally the only person who played season five. Yep. And then I'm looking at it too. There's only three of us. There's myself, Aries, and Mr. Doctor Pants. The winner doesn't didn't even play this season, which was I wanna, sad. I want to I want to look at season one now. I didn't do that. Oh, you're gonna get very depressed. <laughs> I don't I don't know. We'll see. There are at least three on that list, and two of them are, are Irvine. That's that makes sense. And then one name I don't recognize. So that's that's also fun. Gotcha. Yeah, season two was definitely a marathon, but I was super burnt out by by the time Sorceress came around. I'm like, please stop, please. Sorceress, Sorceress was the birth of uh, Water Gun Celio. I mean, that's fair. I never ran the Celio. I ran. Oh god, this is so cringy. I ran Tentacruel, Noctowl, Dunsparce, Granbull, Linoon, and Toxicroak. Even back then, I was still doing shenanigans. I feel like Light Noon wasn't terrible. Like the oh the no, coverage, good. The coverage moves are still good. the The one mechanics thing I'm remembering now, just because I see the Continental Wild card that I played, was that they had this bug at the time that if you were in a CMP event, whoever threw their charge move first could swap out, and you were forced to throw the CMP move onto whatever they swapped in. Oh, oh, I remember that. And it was a mechanic that I didn't understand. And so like, I'm pretty sure I lost the first round just because of that. My, so my first or my quote unquote continental, continental wildcard, we had 108 participants, but we had, we had hot pocket bulk. Oh wait, you were in it too. Yeah, I'm in there. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, I remember I, yeah, my last round opponent was Dragon Silk. Oh my goodness. Emma Five Sense was in here too. Valor Ash. Oh yeah, I was in I was in the top pair round three. I was at the bottom. <laughs> so like obviously I didn't do terrible, but like it was just I I remember being frustrated because of one of those games like it was decided by that bug where it's just like okay well that feels bad <laughs> it was right. really it was a really tough one to come back from especially and i think it was specifically like gun tank frost last kind of such setup where like the frost last would win cmp but then they could they were free to swap into something else it just felt bad yeah i think i really wanted to run anti-meta which is why i did what i did it was a very bad idea taco bad but 
I think it, it was fine. Me. Like some of like you look at a lot of the top picks, and the only thing that Lanoon specifically would have had a problem against was the Skun Tank and Medi. Like you were able to hit all the other stuff at least for good damage. Yeah, I had coverage. <laughs> Not a lot of bulk, but I had coverage. Yeah, I even ran in that specific tournament. I ran Noctile. That was pre-wing attack buff. And pre-Shadow Ball. Pre-Shadow Ball, yeah. That would have been yeah. Nightshade still. Or <laughs> oh, Psychic. goodness. Oh, my God. I remember that. No, I always put Nightshade on mine. I don't know why. And then finally, I mean, Catacomb, when they, when they announced Catacomb for July, I'm like, okay, fine. I've done nine tournaments, nine months of this. Let's have <laughs> one more. Yeah. And... You know, I had the double dog duo of Houndoom and Umbreon, and that led me to most of the victories until you came in and swept our tournament. Did that happen? Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was mostly I was looking at Pogo Knights Club was a, a New York based that did live remote tournaments, but they always had prizes, and so that was actually one of the first times that I got to win money from a tournament, which was pretty fun. <laughs> I was, I was a little sad I found them at the end of the season, but then obviously it was a good reason to come back when I had a good first experience. True. But the one thing I'll remember, I remember this specifically about our catacomb, going back to the leaderboard statement I made. <laughs> so Ares and I were tied for like number one on the leaderboards, same amount of wins, and, or basically same amount of points. And we needed to finish ahead of the other person. And I was looking at my run. I played Wicked Aaron, 3-0'd. <laughs> Another Musketeen player, 3-0'd. Then I played Easily Amused, and I got kicked. I got bodied. And then I played I played all Musketeen players. And Ares plays a Musketeen player, gets destroyed by the Musketeen powerhouse, and then he <laughs> gets just Sorry, beats Easily Amused. And then you beat him, and then he proceeds to lose against one of our up-and-coming players. And when it was all said and done, I won the crown by one whole victory point. I got a uh, charge TM from my large Oddish getting second place, by the way. Woo! <laughs> Three whole we... hyper potions and a charge TM. <laughs> we take those! But yeah, it was... Golly, it was such... That was probably the hardest... The hardest deal for me. Like, even though you won, I was like... Oh yay, Jet won. But then I was like, oh wait, I got one more point than him. I'm the king of Iowa City. <laughs> yeah. I remember, well, and like you look at the bracket for that tournament, and this was one of the few where I was actually not the top ranked player. Like Easily Amused was higher ranked than me. And so like I remember that final match being really close. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, y'all were the last ones to fight to finish fighting because everyone else was like three o three o three o, and then it's just you guys, two one. Like y'all yeah. well, were, and, and y'all he were was, on it. He was in a spot where then he had to play spoiler, right? So he actually finished behind all the other like three win players because he'd already lost to Aries before, <laughs> right? And so yeah, we were we were looking to you know continue our. We were gonna make you. We were gonna make you fight for those victories, and you you bodied our up and comer. Then you beat Pisistratus, and then you destroy Ares. Like, I was like, is there anyone gonna stop Jet today? No. Okay. Well, and this was this was a team that I ended up running 
through the rest of Catacomb, right? Like I was locked in on this team. It was it was not a point at which I was running three to five different teams for my tournaments. Like this was, <laughs> I, I had one other lineup that I tried and then it was this one for five tournaments. And honestly, looking at your deal, like my team was really good in your team on paper. Oh, now I have to look. So have it pulled up. You had Sudabudo, Beedrill, Lapras, Jumpluff, Venusaur, Alolan, Graveler. I had Beedrill, Sudabudo, Umbreon, Piloswine, Houndoom, Venusaur. I had, a, like, take off the, the Beedrill and Sudabudo and the, the Venusaurs because we both we had both brought them. I had an answer to almost like your Lapras was probably the only thing I didn't have an answer for from my from my two brings but like that Piloswine was could have gone off yeah well and this could this this is one of those things where it's just like how deep do you want to go because I probably have these games like I don't think we ended up playing did we no, no we didn't but like we had a chance to play but then I had to lose to easily I lost to easily amuse. Had oh, I won, we would have fought in the final round. Yeah, I was so upset with myself. Yeah, I will. I will send you the last round battles later. Okay, just just so you can enjoy those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say? I want to say the one thing that I was playing with because, like, piggybacking from Sorceress with the Water Gun Celio was. I think that might have been the one thing that I messed with was Watergun Lapras. Mm. Just because okay. like, it did a lot better into the rocks. Like, obviously, you do worse into the grasses. but And I don't think I did that every time. Just trying to remember when that was a thing. Okay. Anyway, it might, it might show up at some point. I, I also think it might have been during catacombs that we could actively choose during a tournament to wait them no the season two you had to choose whether or not to wait it before it started okay i yeah i just i wasn't sure if that was the whole time or if that was like a thing that changed near the end that they like tested out oh i'm I'm not sure i would (laughs) have the one that i ended up waiting was the Colwyn Bay which is a UK based tournament and I don't know if I would have done that like ahead of time uh huh anyway <laughs> either either way that it's a it's a good transition for season 3 which was you can actually pick now <laughs> yes and we were still doing remotes we were still having a blast and golly i was you know the midwest madness was still going on like our big tournament i was never doing well but one thing i do want to like give a special shout out to was our local community was still pushing to try to get you know tournaments and we fizzled by the end which was or we fizzled in december like we ran it ran it back and then said nope that's it oh yeah and that was when they had january off yes was season three yeah it looks like i didn't play any um 
of yours for the first part of season three. Yeah, that was sad. But one thing I do want to point out was the Marsh Cup. I fought against a player that is now a very famous YouTuber by the name of Home Slice Henry. <laughs> like it was, it was a very fun time. He beat me in the fourth round, but it always came down to like the last battle, or like the last. And then, and let's see, oops. And then in regionals later that time, my revenge. And I was like, all right, we're one to one. The next time we fight, we're gonna we're gonna settle who dis- we still have never fought again. <laughs> but the it was my, my my second at least was the commander a in may and i was like yeah i'm finally doing well enough to win tournaments and sit sit on top there are no tiebreakers or or stuff yeah commander cup was a, a 7-0 month for me dang that was that was two tournaments that was all the same team I keep waiting for when, <laughs> for when I started. I guess it. I guess I didn't realize, but it was must must have been season four that I started to run, like, however many tournaments I was in. Like that was how many different teams I had. Oh dang! That's that's not good. I mean, it was it was definitely like mind bending at times. To be playing multiple different teams in a meta where it was just obviously some things did better than others and I didn't know that until all of those tournaments were done so but yeah for the most part season 3 I was still playing pretty consistently yeah season 3 was my last full time was my last full time season like I said I was able to make regionals again but absolutely my only victory was against one four it was this is a very, very sad sad showing for my part but i had a yeah i had a I had a one five in marsh cup <laughs> oh goodness that was probably my worst tournament oh, ever <laughs> uh i mean i was still doing well enough to like fit better with the exception of the marsh cup the marsh cup and the Sunrise Cup. I went two and three and two and five respectively. But everyone else was a was three three or fifty percent win rate or better. But for like, me, I, I will say that it definitely is a additive. It's like you can you can have those one off tournaments as long as you're going net positive every other time. Yeah, I went. Uh, what's the word? I dropped a lot. I went from doing thirty two tournaments to doing just less than twenty. But I was still able to climb in the global ranking into the top 1500. So I was still like, you know, climbing. I was very happy to see that. The one stat I wish made it onto the completed seasons that we don't have is like, it says the global and national rate like rankings still, but like on the active season, it says like what percentile that puts you in, in both categories. And that's that's what I missed from these first seasons, or like that I wish I had recorded for myself. Oh, <laughs> I see. What what percentile does that actually translate to, and is that improving, or is it just my percentiles staying the same, and there's just fewer players? <laughs> that's true. 
All in uh, all. Other community shoutouts, just from season three. Um, that's when uh, I started playing Mission Viejo tournaments, which is how I got to bump shoulders with Darth Ferret in the first place. And it's been a lot of fun playing him here and there with the Irvine crew. And then Gym Leaders Arena also kind of wound down in season three. They were the ones who, even before remote was being supported, like did the the groupings so that we could run remote tournaments for small groups, which was cool. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm trying to think if there are any other like significant things. Like, um, I want to say season three was when we got the contemporary switch mechanics. Yes, that was a one of the newest PvP updates for that one. They put it off to the side, or what we now know now, what we now have nowadays. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thankfully that hasn't really changed much as far as the UI goes. I don't know if we had. I think it was season four that they finally got the sneak mechanics ironed out at some point like where it became consistent instead of um random (laughs) (laughs) like you you obviously still had to go for the fast move to have a chance at it but it was it was random whether or not it actually worked season three i think is when we also got no maybe that was season two we had the attack based cmp yeah it was midway through season two is when the attack okay, based DMP yeah. was in. Because I so lost. My, yeah, my memory is, is not terrible. Like, I'm remembering most of the mechanic changes. <laughs> Enter Taco the Historian. He's got memes. Yeah. And he knows his history, but he's got more memes than normal. <laughs> um, I think this is also near probably Faction's time, right? This was, yes, this was the first iteration of Factions in Season 1. Okay. Yeah, um, this was Season 1 Factions, and then Season 4 went... Season 4 coincided with the end of Season 1 Factions slash start of Season 2. Because somewhere, <clears throat> I want to say, like, close to the beginning of Season 3 self, I remember playing, like, Go Team Up, and running into some of what would like become big name teams like the Go-Goats and ah. other mascots that are now much much more familiar names um, that I didn't really have an appreciation at the time for how like outmatched our players were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just, just to all that to say, it, it kind of marks the transition of some of the top talent like away from vanilla into the team-based formats oh definitely and that kind of gives a good little segue to into season four a little bit because i know factions was just starting up again in the middle of season three but because there was like and this is something that i kind of view there was a lot of like up and down movement and they were just still getting their feet wet it took a little bit longer and back then there was still like the three cycles instead of the four that kind of bled over into season four a little bit i personally had stayed out of faction season one 
because season four, by the way, here's a transition to season four. Ready? Here we go. Whoosh. <laughs> In season four, I decided to switch to part time. Like I wasn't. I was very, I was very burnt. I was not gonna play a lot in the first half of Sylph season four, but kind of like I didn't even, I didn't compete in November. I competed in two Lunar Cup tournaments and then one in December, and said, "Yep, that's it. That that's good enough for me." And then we had like Guardian and Obsidian. I was like, "Oh, I'm I'm actually doing semi decent at these things. I guess I should." come quote unquote come out of retirement <laughs> and Turns then in eight... not washed <laughs> it wasn't about being washed it was just going out you know on your own terms uh-huh. but sure we we can call that washed. and then in like april and may i just rattled off i had only lost uh, the two months i only lost two games that's yeah that's super impressive and that apparently that run was enough to earn me an invite into regionals where I, I had a losing record, but that losing record wasn't good enough for third tying for third place. And I still ended up improving on my ranking from season three to season four globally. Pretty good or whatever. Yeah, it was a 40 play. Yeah, exactly. F- I improved 40 places for being part time. And once again, the tournaments that I did dropped from 18 to 14. So, you know, it was still around the same performance. And it was at this time, or like in the middle of, I think it was during the break, honestly, like in January, National Bowler had reached out to me and asked, hey, do you want to join factions? And I go, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a part-time battler. Do you just need me to fill a spot? And they're like, yeah. I was like, all right. I can only do open great league or fields. And he's like, okay, that's fine. And then I that's wonder, right. I wonder how you would have done in open great league, honestly. Probably not as good as you did. <laughs> I mean, not that, not that my season one was anything amazing, but or the first season that we played together, rather, that's not season one. The first cycle. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, that's when we kind of had reconnected because, like, season three, we didn't really chat much or anything. And then I see it, I was just like, oh, my goodness, I recognize this player. He whooped our butts a couple of times in our local. Well, and that made me feel a lot better about joining Boiler, Boiler, Bowler and the gang, (laughs) as it was known at the time, because I was like, oh, good, there's, like, an actual familiar face. Right, and then there was one spot open, and we made people audition for it, which I mean, fair. Like it, it's that it's his team, and then we ended up like voting on it, and I was like, I vote for Donut. He seems cool, and he's beaten me a few times. He's beaten me a few times in tournaments. Uh, yeah, as I as I recall, it was unanimous vote for for the Donut. Yeah, so we brought Donut on board, and it was like we had. Because I know that Mr. Dr. Pants had left to go join Mazer's Academy team that failed. Or they got disbanded, excuse me. Don't come after me, Mazer, please. Thanks. And then we had we had one of the regional winners that I was a part of go off to join like one of the very, very high like one of the established teams. And so kind of just like, alright, well we lost we lost some pretty good talent, but we're gaining you know, we have we have a legend in Jet, we have a really good battler in Donut, and then we have me that's a part-time battler, but 
still kind of does its you've, thing. You've, you've won some games. Dude, I was a monster in like my first... I was a monster in my first in my first cycle like 2-1-2-1-3-0-2-1-0-3-3-0-2-1-2-1 like I was bringing in the points if I do say so myself like yeah I'm, I'm just trying to look back I feel like my one big vanilla self win for season three four rather was uh, Glacial which was with another one of the hosts, uh, NM Fight Club, the New Mexico kids. Mm. Um, and then most of my other tournaments were kind of split between Irvine and Santa Monica, because at this point, I think the Pogo Knights Club had stopped. Uh, I started playing with a group out of Salem, Oregon. Um, I did one Colorado tournament, so it was it was more like I stuck to the same like three or four hosts each month, and like just to like make sure that they stuck around. <laughs> fair. That is truly fair. Yeah, like my like my I guess my run from Nemesis to Firefly was like my actually funny enough the two people that ended up beating me like that ended my my quote-unquote reign of terror the first one was oh who was it it was a player by the name of uh drick drick kona for the the battle of the tears as they was originally called mm-hmm. and then the server-wide one i was <laughs> i was destroying battlers i was i had beaten athena captain of the one of the pallet town servers then i beat mel then i beat rogue king then i swept socks and then i fought donut and lost 2-1 and he ended up he ended up taking the the tie off of me or forcing the tie it's which, not a not a bad person to share it with no i i didn't even feel bad like we didn't it was like three it was three faction members and then one other player like i couldn't ask for a better you know turnout well, and that was, yeah, that was kind of the fun thing about playing within the server for the faction, <laughs> is you end up getting to have those battles against the faction members. Yeah, and you get to, what's the word? You get to see how, or you get to just battle out, and it's just for points. There's not like, oh, we don't win, we're not getting promoted, la di da Life was so simple then. <laughs> yep. And then here we are at the final season, season five. But before that, we're going to go back and talk about factions a little bit because cycle two is happening. And of course, no, no, I'm still, we were still members of the angry bottoms. If I remember correctly at the time of my wedding, because the podcast started, we were still the angry bottoms. And then back. Yeah. Back in the time of the lost tapes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we remember the angry bombs because we were doing primeval, and Donut was was really picking on me because I was not doing so well primeval wise. And then I got married, and I never lost a game after that. <laughs> New and improved Taco. <laughs> Taco is happy. The life life is looking up, and I was inj- I was on the injury bench, physically and. You know, I was putting a ring on it. <laughs> so, 
It's kind of out of commission for a while. Some, some life stuff happened. But when I came back, oh, I was back with a vengeance. And that's when we decided to... Of course, I'm really glazing over this one because this still can be a little bit of a sore spot. We we took the podcast, or we, we had a podcast that had just started. It was gaining some momentum. And in order to make sure that you didn't leave and join the SoCal Swallows and Donut didn't leave and join the, the Wing Attack Academy team, I said, let's start our own team. We got this. And like... I guess I don't want to like beleaguer it or anything, but it's it's one of those things that I like, didn't really appreciate until we were cycle and a half with a team that like just the the old culture is really hard to overcome, like as a minority, <laughs> or or when when you have no no power over like how, like how to how to affect the roster, right? Like that there's. A, a stark power imbalance in that way like it's 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 tough right like uh i think we even just internally said like that we would stay on if we got the the seven two that guaranteed our moving up and just that we didn't was was part of the the decision at the time oh yeah definitely because we went six three which we improved because we went five four the first time and then we came together. Uh, there was there was Bowler the captain. Then there was the vice captain, and I was just the secretary or secretary captain killer taco dog. Because for some reason, I always kept getting matched up against the freaking captains. <laughs> and as a player, I was just you know winning. But I I was very happy with like you know Bowler had to step away for a little bit, so we would just message him like, hey. We're going to have meetings, we're going to talk about lineups, and we're going to just see how we're feeling as a team. And that kind of got me thinking, like, hey, I could really do this captain-owner thing. Let's go start our own. Well, and, yeah, and that, that's also what made it easy, was, like, you were basically the captain already. <laughs> it, it became, like, a, a no-brainer. Right, but I wasn't... I felt bad leaving the way I did, because, like, I couldn't even go to the final meeting because I was at the doctor's office getting another x-ray because i was just in a lot of pain and like <laughs> dude dude you 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 were on a bike and a car ran a red light like you get to, <laughs> that's that's just how it went you're not wrong but even then like i that just goes to show you like i really wanted to be there to like look this is our final meeting this is our wind down like i i didn't want to just like write a letter and say this is my goodbye like deuces i wanted to be like hey guys i i loved everything that we did <laughs> this was an amazing experience it has revitalized my my efforts into doing team like pvp however you know i've started a podcast i'm going to start a team there and this has been super fun i wish you guys nothing but the best of luck and hopefully if we fight in open again we make it great rivalry and then they got promoted. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that was just like the top-down thing, but I feel like the timing just was what it was for us. Uh, and just to like transition us maybe back to the vanilla side of self, like I was optimistic about the whole 
especially after having played factions for a cycle and vanilla like i was optimistic about oh good one of the cups is going to be the vanilla self cup also like they're the meta that i build for for factions is also going to be one of the things that i'm fighting in just individually and we got ember it was, just, <laughs> it was rough for that reason like i i loved the concept i i thought that that was a very <laughs> amicable change like just the fact that you didn't have to spread your resources like thinner because you wanted to continue to play as an individual was was a, a nice step the problem was the meta that ended up being the crossover was uh it was an attempt controversial let's let's put it let's put it that way like do you know some people loved it and there were there were parts of it that were a lot of fun to figure out like just the fact that a lot of the matchups were not necessarily set in stone uh some of them were pretty lopsided still and obviously we had to contend with the wing attack update that was and still continues to be big part of why we have the open or just all of the the metas that we have now uh is, has been from that one move update which is so insane um but yeah to to go into pretty a pretty concise meta that was one of the least decided just by typings in a matchup like there that there was a lot of uh counterplay and just energy management like i understand that part of it but it it just felt like ember lasted forever because of that yes i know but seeing as you did segue into season five we can say there was the return of in-person tournaments sort of pm asterisk like yeah for any how do I say this? Any communities that survived, or in your case, were like just had enough people waiting, yes, <laughs> they were allowed again. <laughs> I know, but like I said, I had to, I had to kind of hype it up a little bit. It wasn't the return that you know we were expecting, but Three just the, <laughs> yeah, but just like seeing people come back out and battle, it was, it was a lot of fun. Like I was, I was happy about it. A notable placement, I will say, was my absolutely... Actually, I think I only won one tournament. One. Okay, but while, while you're recounting the, the one that you won or whatever, Three. I will say... No, two, two. I only won every, two. Every time would ask you about vanilla, you were like in the top of whatever tournament i asked you about <laughs> and it was like it was super impressive like i was i was super happy for you because like i know factions was was actually kind of rough for you where there like there was a while there that it got yeah rough is probably just the it, word that I'll, that I'll stick with but it was also, very discouraging yeah so it was it was really encouraging for me to know like you were killing it in vanilla like and not like in small tournaments either like you're doing Thunderdome and uh, you were still doing the the Canton ones every month and it was it was super cool just to see you doing well. Yeah, I was okay. So I know I don't give I should probably give myself a little bit more credit, but 
you know, I was focusing, I guess I'm gonna take a page out of Lyle Jeff's playbook. I focus so much on like the losses that I don't notice when like I dominate. That sounds super like conceited about the dominating part. But like that, that's just like, <laughs> dude, that's kind of like what I do. Like I, I sit or I will like say, oh, okay, I lost at my plate. Or you can say like, you went on an absolute tear. Like I'll, I'll pick one tournament the Oklahoma City Arcana Cup. It was a sick tournament. I won five of the six and took second place. To anyone else, it's like, oh, you're doing a very very good job. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I lost to Jezu217 by by one point. And I think he... Yeah, he, he won five of them. Or sorry, he won three battles, or three rounds. And I ended up losing to somebody that I probably should have won against. And that's not saying that Jay-Z is a bad competitor, because he his run could have been a lot different than mine. But like I was really aiming to fight like K Pine or 17 AI Pal. Well, I, I was and K Pine like K Pine is one of those that is is just so cool to see doing well both in well, in, in, in all the arenas now, because when I started playing him in the Mission Viejo tournaments, like, it was, like, I'm, I'm not going to mince words, like, I, I was crushing them. And now, like, he has all these uh, super impressive tournament runs. He has the the play-by-plays on his on his YouTube channel. Like, I, I cannot hype this guy enough. Like, he, is, he has been in it, and just like polished up his skills and now he's just yeah one of the top competitors yep and so like for me i was looking at it like i mean also partially when when we became when we became dino there going back into the factions for a minute i was kind of stuck as a as an owner captain and i will say owner captain because like that's just what i think about it there may come a time where i position to just the team owner and letting you know letting you jet take the captain role or donut or even jack that's something that it's in the pipeline but it's it's not happening anytime soon. i found my passion is more of administrative roles and it was very it was very prevalent this past season in copper which was kind of, it's, it's very weird to say out loud i i had been i'm not retiring by any means like i'm not watching I mean, we we have the the forced self retirement, but yeah, it's 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 been it's been nice to have just like that break because we we have played through five seasons. <laughs> yep, five straight seasons, and this was actually the short shortest. And there was only six monthly cups instead of like the usual eight. And surprising to me was earning a cups invite, only because the way that. The way had it was written in the, the way that it was written in the, in the announcement, was that the top, I think it was the top, three hundred, or top fifty people were gonna get an invite, and it was gonna be like a super, super condensed, super, what's the word, super condensed, super stacked tournament. Here I am, ranked seventy first in the United States, and I got one. I was really surprised. And then you know I flubbed the. <laughs> I flubbed my 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 performance with a two and five record, but I was just happy to be counted amongst you know the best of the best. 
Well, and it was it was a weird situation for me because I hadn't played enough to really take advantage of the available rank points. I was I was only doing two tournaments a month after Ember, I want to say. And so, like when I got the second wave invite, because a bunch of the originals either just didn't respond, which totally understandable if you're not like checking for a message or just it was kind of like it felt kind of put together late as far as when they announced when tournaments would be where it's just like if, if you're already doing stuff like <laughs> obviously it sucks to earn a spot and not be able to play but it was it was uh it was nice that i had a i had a free weekend then and i also got to jump in right and so like the continentals for me or for my my self career may have ended on a bit of a of a slump I will say, because like following up to like an innocent, I placed third twice and then second being in the bottom part of the the Continentals. I'm very happy with how it turned out for me, at least. And then, of course, once again, we're going to jump back into factors for a second. Our first cycle, we absolutely dominated everyone and we didn't really hit a snag until we didn't get here, get our first loss until we fought against the eventual champions, the Barktown Boomers, who beat us 14 to 7. And then Battle Build BVP beats us 15 to 6. I think it was a very, a very tough and hard fought victories to where, or, and defeats. But like the fact that we were able to beat, <laughs> we were able to beat Roslark Bow, a team that 21 and 0 their opponent, not even like very early in the career. And then we beat Sub Zero, the, the Iron Tier champions. And then we go up against the newly revamped Misubi team, and that the score might have reflected the you know I think it was sixteen to five or fifteen to six. Those battles definitely could have gone either either way. And then we even like our first, our very first battle, we go up against the Queen Bees, a recently relegated Iron Tier team with the best female battlers that I've honestly ever seen. You know we had there was players like Defye, Mama Climbs. Emma Five Cents, Shadow and Four, you know those ladies, dude. I'm just really happy we played them early because late in the late in the cycle, or late in cycle three, they went on an absolute tear and almost guaranteed a promotion spot. Yeah, well, and the nice thing, I mean, I can I can call it nice now, but like we 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 joked about it the whole time was just that whole strength of schedule deal where we we got to prove ourselves early on right like it was practically no gimmies just like getting out of open yeah the gauntlet that was open and yeah it felt it felt nice to be essentially brand new with the setup that we had and yeah us getting or donut man donut's an amazing route i don't know what he does to get people to join the team but he, like, the success of, of bringing a bunch of people, half of which have never played factions before, and we kind of come together and turn it into this, essentially, I, I want to call it a brotherhood, because, like, we're, we're friends, but, like, we're, like, super close friends. Screw it, I'm calling it a brotherhood, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the gender-neutral brotherhood? A cult? <laughs> uh, uh, Taco, you ruined the moment. The, uh, the cult of the cult of Dina. 
The goals of Diener don't care. But um, yeah, so my, but like my hats off to Donut for helping bring in a bunch of players that he's like, hey, these this person looks good, and I was like, well, let's vibe check him. Okay. Yeah. He's like, Donut gets the the recruit MVP, but I will just say outright like the camaraderie just even between uh, this group and many of the players from opposing teams like i feel like that is really what what speaks to what's what's going on here and and why i i find it worth investing in like for for the foreseeable future is is just because like i i like i like the community that's happening definitely and I think it was like the interview with uh, with Custom and Amazed and Confused where it's like we were getting a lot of insight into how to run a successful factions team and then putting like our personal spin on it to where they even offered to like they had offered to if we were having trouble fielding a team they wanted to lend us some players on the condition that we give them back to which I said I appreciate it but we really want to field our own team so I thank you, but we're we're gonna we're gonna blaze our own trail to <laughs> yeah, where well, like and, uh, and even just getting to have them as as practice partners like for Ember was super helpful. Yeah, it definitely gave the the impression of or not the impression the exposure for like players like let's see Lord Oman, Zimmy Kid, and Matt the ones that I remember who had never played factions before and oh and my little brother I forgot about burrito cat for a second and I'll never forget like the practice sessions they would text or they would message me like hey I got 3 and I'm like hey it happens this is this is a very strong team don't get discouraged and the final score was 21 to 9 because all you know best of three there's 10 players 30 points are on the board and Amaze is like, hey, sorry we, we, you know, kicked your butts a little. Sorry we kicked your butts pretty hard. But, you know, you got a really, you got a really special group of battlers. And when he said special, I was like, aw, <laughs> that warms my little heart. <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be a very special group. I am very, very excited to see what, what our... The, the first our very first cycle together my first cycle as a captain like this is what was going to set the tone and then we get promoted to copper tier yeah the double jump was fun yeah that was that was very amazing and we're having we're playing some stacked battlers there was no easy wins we also got to realize what the taste of defeat by our heartbreaking defeats felt like because when we lost, we, we lost. Like, we lose by seven, lose by eight, so on and so forth. This one, we were losing by one point. I was I was going to say, no, we weren't. <laughs> no, no, like, like in open, when we yeah. lost to the Boomers, we lost by seven. And then we lost by nine against Battle Bill. And then we, our, we get a rematch against the two. Plus, we get SoCal Swablu. And it was just 11-10, 11-10, 11-10. Like those were some heartbreaking, some heartbreaking losses, and it was it was very demoralizing, you know. Was it like I I thought it was good frustration just because we were jumping iron. Like I, I thought it was still proof that we were in the right place. Well, that's one way. To look, the way I was looking at it was it's like we had this up and coming team where we're new because we had we had replaced two of the players. 
with you know Shervine and Danny because Lord Oman couldn't fight with us full time anymore. And you know, just you're like we're an up and coming team, we're kicking butt, and then we lose eleven ten. I'm like, all right, we're shaking it off. And then we lose eleven ten to the rematch against Battle Bill, and we're like, oh my goodness. And then we won eleven to ten against oh who was it? It wasn't the Orlando faction, it was the other player other team. Oh wait, Taco, you have the freaking <laughs> you have the faction page in front of you. Just look. Oh, then we fought we won eleven ten against the, the Utah Pokemon Rangers, and I'm like, golly, can we score at least more than eleven points? And then we get robbed and lose eleven to ten against the Barktown Boomers <laughs> going into the break. I was like, man. Four weeks and our, our score is forty-one to forty-three. Sorry, that's quick math in my head. Yeah, forty-one. Yeah. Forty-one to forty-three. Like that was the closest. Like we may have been one three, but golly, that that hurts. Like talk talking as a player, not as the captain. Cause like, you know, as when I played in the first one, I got swept and unfortunately it contributed to the one point loss. And then, yeah, it was, it was just like we couldn't string together the wins at the time, is what it felt like. Because that's that kind of was like the the general consensus, where it's like, I'll use the I'll pick on Jack a little bit. The Barktown Boomers, he's like, hey, sorry guys, you know, we, I didn't win game three when I should have, and this and that. And then like against SoCal Swablo, it's like, hey guys, sorry, I got swept, and we really shouldn't have, or I shouldn't have been swept. I just did a bonehead play and threw a poison move into a, a rock type. <laughs> In- infamous, no. It is very infamous. And so, like, it was just those little things. Like, we were doing well, but something would something would happen, and we were just like, well, better luck next week. I, so to I, will, me, say, like, I will say the nice thing, though, about all of those situations is that it never was, like, quote-unquote one player's fault like uh that one game could have come from most of the lines right like that that's just the nature of a of a close matchup is you you get then the entire group thinking about that that thin margin right and how much one game can matter because it already has four times in a row (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then you know we finally gained some momentum because we're just like all right we're going for broke and so we we win back to back seventeen to fours against the Orlando faction and the Spices, right? Who, like I would like to point out, is against you know Barktown Boomers, Battle Boys, and SoCal Swablu. Only SoCal Swablu scored more points than us against those teams. And then you know we fight we fight the Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex, and that goes twelve to nine. And you know okay. We're back in the losing column. It's fine. Like, we know we belong here. Like, that was our sentiment, is we know we belong here. We're going for broke, and we're just going to let it all hang out. And then Pioneer Valley, we finally get to fight against the team that we were supposed to fight when we were a member of the Angry Bottoms because we had the exact same amount of wins and the exact same score, blah, blah, blah. And they beat us 14-7, to pretty convincingly. And then the 11-10, I'm surprised we actually got 11 points against Bustamime when everyone goes I'm going to run meme teams. Yeah, that was that was also the week that it got announced that this was it. Yeah. So like our in copper we ended up 4 and 5. 
we secured not getting relegated, but we didn't secure promotion, so we were going to fight against... We weren't going to fight against the the Sub-Zero team. They would have been double promoted into bronze. But we were going to get the Grievard underdogs. That's the biggest one I remember. And I think the Queen Bees as well. I don't feel like looking, so I'm not gonna. <laughs> and then, sure enough, we go into King of the Hill now. And we get paired up against a Latin America Diamond team. And we're like, well, we're gonna do this. No matter what happens, it's it's our last hurrah. And if we lose, we're gonna make it close. And then we we upset. We we pulled we played upset, and that was that was like, all right, we're playing with house money now. And then we get hidden powers, and we start off really really strong. And then they figured out how to play in Ragnar, and those sweeps really put them on. It really put like the the pressure on Zimmy who was unfortunately not able to pull off a a 2-1. It was a 1-2. Honestly, though, like, his matchup was bad enough that the one win was, was like, impressive. The, yeah, the Ragnar was the, was the problem. Yeah. And so, like, it, it happens, but, like, this, I will, you know, I, I hype up this, I hype up our team by saying, like, we're the, the best battlers around, and I believe it. Like, I truly believe that this team that we currently have before the signing of Riblet, the team that we had in Copper definitely could have take definitely could have and will take on any of any team in front of us, and we will make you fight for every single victory. And Even if you've already that's, that's gotten eleven coming, points. That's that's coming also just off of the whole everyone helped each other get better which is like exactly what you want right like it it stopped being a figure it all out on your own kind of deal and we yeah really got like the the team aspects coming together and i was i was glad also that arcs got to play in the last last matchup so that it wasn't just like hey you're on the bench for the whole (laughs) whole cycle kind of deal right and it was just like well you know I was happy he got to play, and then I was a little disappointed he didn't get to play in King of the Hill, but we totally understand, like, you know, life happens, and we were able to swing around, and now that with we have Battle Frontier starting up, one of our teammates has decided to sit out, or two of our teammates have decided to sit out of the Invitational until Zygarden starts back up. So, in their absence, we have signed... Riblet and I was going to say RGR, but I want to make sure I got the name right before I mispronounced it. Yeah, RGR. So I'm I'm very excited and I hope that, you know, their faction's experience with a new team kind of makes them want to stay a little bit longer, even though I know Riblet is a founding member of Wing Attack. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun to get some some new players in the mix and still get that like how do I say this? There, there was just it, it helped so much to have the feeling of actually having a full team. <laughs> I think is is kind of my my narrative arc for for this whole experience. Where like yours, yours, I feel like gets gets a lot more into into the hype territory, and mine is just like, man, it feels nice to actually have ten players. That <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I don't mind whoever plays each line each week 
where it doesn't feel like we're giving anything up if we have to sub someone and we have like a dedicated player like two for both ultra and master league like oh man ultimate luxury oh we are definitely flying high and even then like technically we have three for ultra league but we don't use the third person because they were they would like to play master league and that's fine Anyway, point being, <laughs> the, the limiting factors have always been that the, those like have and have not metas that are Master and Ultra League, and we got it covered. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say bringing Shervin and Danny on, even though they're not quote unquote original members, they they've been you know in it week in week out, and they've been vibing with us that they might as well be original members at this point. Technically, if you play a full season with us, or if you play a cycle in our inaugural season, you're a founding member. So, from the bottom of my heart, every player that has played on the Dinair Don't Care faction, I, I want to say thank you. Uh, do you have any other... Because we kind of skipped over it with Season 5 overlap stuff. Oh. Uh, if you had any of the metas that you wanted to shout out, or communities, like for me, like... It was actually because of factions that I started playing the OKC server, um, and between them and our server, like that was that was what I played season five. So, fair. Uh, you stole my shout out, but I do want to say our shout out to the Thunderdome because I found them at the end of season four, and I said, "All right, I'm going to do season five like with them," and I had a blast. My favorite cup had was Ionic. Only because I got to use one of my favorite Pokemon in the Great League, which was Raikou. Yeah, and it's and it's my my actual favorite. So, and I, I was like, quick tangent. I'm building a Raikou deck for Pokemon TCG. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> yep, there we go. Yeah, and so like I was, you know, I got to use Raikou. I got to use Umbreon. Those are like some of my top picks for Johto Pokemon. Yeah, and. You know, the, the Thunderdome, those guys over there were super nice, super helpful. We brought them onto the podcast. Uh, big dude, you have an amazing tournament staff with the likes of Party Panda, Tris Chandler. Just like, I can't shout, I can't shout you guys enough. The You made it really welcoming. Uh, unfortunately, my, my performance wasn't always the best, but, you know, when you bring in the best battlers, you're gonna, you know... It's a good uh, litmus test to see how you stack up against like really, really good battlers. Before we go commercial direction, did you? Because we we kind of like skimmed over metas. Like, were there were there any just out of any of the season one through five that stand out that feel like you haven't talked about yet? Uh, no, but I will tell you my all-time favorite meta. Okay, Nemesis. That was that was a unique one. Nemesis because I got to use Flygon and just actually no, Nemesis or Toxic because I got to use Flygon's Earthquake instead of Earth Power. And I caught so many people off guard with it. Yeah, it's a it's a little bit of a bump in damage. Yeah, everyone's like, "Why aren't you running Earth Power?" I'm like, "Cuz Earthquake it hits harder." And why go for the chance to knock out when I can just go for the knockout? It's so simple. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but eh, it, it happens. So yeah. that that's my favorite meta. What's your favorite meta? Oh, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm putting you on the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, while I consider that question, the, the other group that I haven't shouted out yet is just uh, there was a group that was called Legion and then Cup Factory that I made some custom metas with that we ran as uh, unranked tournaments for kind of like downtime between seasons that was a lot of fun to play around with and just kind of tinker with the the tools that existed like on PV Poke with developing metas and then getting to play them out was was kind of fun. Mm. Um I think the toughest thing just about looking back on some of these metas is uh, how different they would play now. Like the update for, um, what was it called? I think it was the season one for, for Nightmare when in the interim between when it or- originally ran and then when it was available for Mirror Cup. Gardevoir had gotten charm and it just it just broke the whole meta um you know a lot of a lot of these pokemon have gone through a lot of different iterations now of of usefulness or or lack thereof and so i feel like as as a person that really enjoyed the team building aspect i i liked or i found kind of the the slotted metas to be the most um unique in that regard uh like we had a lot of metas that just kind of had a pretty solid these are kind of the top six scariest things that you'll see so you might as well run them (laughs) and as soon as you got into okay now you have to pick six and there's not overlap between the slots like it it opened up just kind of very different teams where yeah you still had kind of similar roles in different slots but it wasn't like the same exact six to ten pokemon coming up yeah so yeah like i look at those like if i yeah if i had to pick one yeah i don't i don't know like it's it's also tough for me to separate the metas from how I ended up doing in them. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, I'm also just kind of like saving a certain amount of grace for what what Jet didn't appreciate at, at any given time. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like I feel like we've done a pretty good job talking about what were my favorite experiences. And yeah, there were there were some matchups and some metas that were obviously not my favorite, but all all in all, like just the just the amount of different metas that we had over time, like I feel like I, I still am not fully appreciating. Yeah, over forty different meta well yeah, forty different metas over the last Five years is nothing to kind of what's the word is nothing to sneeze at and to make it interesting like obviously there was not going to be every meta was going to be a banger 
Some of them was going to fall flat. Ferocious Cup, I'm looking at you. I feel like anyone who actually played Ferocious, like, as soon as it comes up, unless you're being, like, you're specifically trying to stir the pot, I, I feel like it's just objectively the worst. <laughs> I think so as well. It was just a, a lot of combination of things that just made it be one of the worst ones. It was, it was an interesting concept, and I want to say, though, that it probably became force for good overall to have had as triangular a meta as that became and the response that it garnered like okay well <laughs> I, I think we can't just throw restrictions and see where the meta lands anymore is was kind of the takeaway right like um that was that was kind of the the transition point for hey these are the types or whatever the kind of rule set was for a meta there there were no spot bans in the beginning right it was just literally anything you can think of like there were also no resources so <laughs> it was it was nice that like if you were trying to build a team like you didn't have to like think of anything outside of like oh it has to be one of these four types like what would be good just like trying to think of things on your own which obviously very different experience than once you had pv poke to actually show you in a real way outside of private practice sessions like what actually wins <laughs> um that was that was kind of the the last straw it seems like for just throwing the restrictions out and saying, okay, this is your list of eligible Pokemon based on that. And then taking that as a starting point, then going forward, like if, if they were going to do things, especially like with Pokedex related stuff that is, was a little harder to distill, like, yeah, it was not most people's <laughs> favorite meta for a reason but I, I think it i think it has its place just kind of in the the story and uh advancement of of self in general yeah <laughs> <laughs> it 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 did a thing it had a, it had a response that's fair honestly so <laughs> especially with you know the only response to umbreon is another umbreon well the response is the nine tails right Sure. And and yeah, that like I guess that is the like literal last thing we haven't touched on. Like was the whole whether or not you had legacy moves made a really big difference. Like there are lots of things on my early trainer card I can point at and say, I ran this because I didn't have a frenzy plant Venusaur. I ran this <laughs> I didn't have a last resort Umbreon. Where it was like there were very clear like either low access or literally legacy moves that this was like some of it before charge tms just full like or tms full stop and then obviously before elite tms um where made a really big difference and became kind of part of the reason though to grow the number of players you knew because then it was like a a resource as far as just finding people who happen to have those old moves <laughs> yeah and tropius tropius was another one of those i think it was 
Was it called Tempest? Oh, Tempest Cup. Where if you had Tropius, it was just, it's just okay. So I have to figure out how to beat someone with one of the most restricted geolocation Pokemon. Great, fine. <laughs> it's okay. Just run Altaria. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay though. We've we've come a long ways. Is the is the point? Like, if you if you played from the beginning, you know, <laughs> you know the things that we've seen together. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully, if you you haven't, like, you get uh, at least idea of of the the great expanse of of just kind of the the good and the bad, and that mostly it's been good. Yeah. I will say that, like, like to echo what Jet said, there was the good, there was the bad, but, you know, with an organization as large as Sylph was, you, you took both, and the experience was definitely what you made of it. For me, I switched over full-time into team-based while still doing a little bit of, you know, vanilla Sylph on the side, and I have nothing but good things to say about the organization. Except maybe if you can give us that win against Barktown because we totally didn't know what we were supposed to do. Why? That'd be great. <laughs> okay, I'll stop beating the dead horse. Commercial time? It is definitely commercial time. So, we, we want to thank you for listening to this first part of the episode. We are now going to take a quick commercial break. But we will be right back after these messages. With with another, you know, quick section after me. <laughs> Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I know I did. And I needed it. Yeah. All right. So quick housekeeping stuff because that's always important. Do we have more patrons this week? No, we don't. I, did, I, I, I checked. Did we check? <laughs> Yes, I checked. Okay, cool. cool, cool <laughs> no cool. new Patreons, but I will plug the Patreon. So, we have a Patreon where you can support the show for as little as $1. Supporting this show gets you access to a secret channel in the Discord. At the higher tiers, you can actually jump into the recording booth and fact check Taco or Jet in real time. Or just post memes. We currently like to shout out our Patreons, Thanks Obama, ZT Smith, and Sotiri for their generous contributions. If, however, you don't wish to support on Patreon, that's totally fine. Not going to shame you for it. Just give us a follow and a review on wherever you listen to your podcast, via Google Podcasts or Spotify, because I still have not put us on Apple Podcasts yet. Although we appear there sometimes, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> however, <laughs> however podcasts work... <laughs> Yeah, the, the Spotify for podcasters makes it really easy, but very difficult at the same time. Anyway, <laughs> we also do have a Twitter where you can follow us. We are at Dragonair Den. You can also follow my personal Twitter. I am at TacoDog underscore eight. The other TacoDog without the underscore, unfortunately, still has ignored my request to politely give up their Twitter handle. Maybe they'll quit because apparently a bunch of people are quitting Twitter and I can claim it. It can happen. Just saying. Quit Twitter on that doomsday countdown. Yeah. So, and then, of course, we have the free Discord where you can jump in, hang out, banter, talk about battles, learn how to get better, or 
choose violence. I don't understand if you want to choose violence, but it's <laughs> it's an option. But by which we mean battles. Because if you're anything like some of our teammates, you may be running low on charge jams and need people to, you know, at least get your three chances every day. It's three. It's technically four chances, though, because it's three against a battler, against another battler, and then one against the gym or the team leaders. So you have four chances if you're not the best at GBL, right? Or even if you just don't want to play item roulette on GBL because that also is not coming through recently. Oh yeah, that too. Well, okay. So, with all of that out of the way, it's time to get into our community engagement section. It's going to be a very, very short and simple one. With Pokemon Go Worlds wrapping up by the time this podcast goes live, give or take about mm, five hours, six hours-ish, we want to know. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> it's hard, Okay. They announced it and they announced the, the championship in Japan time, then they converted it to Pacific time, then I have to convert it to Central time because that's tell, where I tell am. The, tell, tell them what the question is. I am, I am. Okay. So the question we have this for this week is, what was your favorite moment during the Pokemon Go World Championship? Was there someone that surprised you? A Pokemon that everyone thought was bad, but is actually really good. Flygon. I'm going to cheat on my I'm going to cheat on my question and I'm going to say my favorite moment during the Pokemon World Championship is not going to be go related. It's going to be when Wolf Glick becomes the second person in history to win the Pokemon World Championship video for video game from day 1. I'll be a little disappointed if he doesn't halt the entire production just to show off his socks again. <laughs> Still, I still remember when he did that. That was a great time. I was also, wondering. Also, going to be a little disappointed if I don't see any of my friends on the uh, Pokemon Go stream. Yeah, I, I want to see for my bingo card. I want to see Fish, Lyle, Jeffs, and the freebie is going to be Defye because she's a caster. But I want to see Fish, Lyle, Jeffs, and the rest of the Palatown crew that made it to Worlds. And that's about it, honestly. And if you're at Worlds, keep keep sending those Japan gifts. Oh, definitely. I will never open it, but it's nice to send them. <laughs> oh man, I am I am a terrible gift opener. I'll be the first one to say it. And that's not that's not even the salsa bar. Nope. We'll get to that. But I'm gonna re, I'm gonna reiterate the community question where you can answer it on Spotify, in our Discord, or on Twitter. And that question is: What was your favorite moment during the Pokemon Girl World Championships? And you can't say when so-and-so won the world championship because when this episode goes live, actually, no, you can. We're not predicting <laughs> We're not predicting anything. <laughs> yeah, you can say when so-and-so became the world champion. That's okay. It's going to be fish. I, I like fish. Okay, so it's now time for the salsa bar where we make fun of Taco for doing something that, you know, was supposed to be common knowledge, but he just couldn't figure it out. It can be Pokemon related, can be other video games, or it can even be real life. So this week, I have reignited another addiction in the form of Minecraft. But being the PC gamer that I am, I can't play vanilla Minecraft. I have to put mods on it. There's a mod pack called TechKit 2, right? And in that mod pack, you have different types of electricity. I built this like super awesome structure that needed power to run. And so I slap the generator down, I put the, the fuel in it, I power it up and nothing happens. 
and I'm wondering what the heck is going on. So then I look and research on the internet, and apparently, certain structures, you have to use certain types of generators. I spent a whole bunch of resources to put this one generator together, only to find out it's the wrong one. And so now, I'm so left as, with... As, as a as a non-Minecraft person, like, how much, how much time will it take you to correct this mistake? It took me about two and a half days to collect all the resources. Hmm. You see, that's perspective right there. Yeah, so it's going to take me another two and a half days to find the resources. It's going to take me about a day to get everything up and running again. And me being the person that I am, I just let out a massive sigh and got to work. As soon as you know what the problem is, it's a lot easier to fix it. What if you know what the problem is, but you refuse to fix it? Then it's it's never going to be fixed, I guess. Okay. Well, but uh, I hope I hope by the next episode you, you have your structure and working order. If my wife lets me play Minecraft, then I will definitely have the structure ready. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, it is now time for a GBL progress. <clears throat> oh yeah, I have to I have to congratulate you because pretty certain you you won our race. Oh, I did. Yeah, I, I for the first time in my in my Pogo career, I have took 100 battles or 500 battle victory points battles won and i claimed the elite charge and fast tm well done well done my elo at that is 2387 but i'm still veteran still still getting that dust boost from veteran yeah actually isn't it 900 if you're ace as well yeah it's it's just end of season oh Oh, boo. But I'm currently tearing it up in the jungle and the little jungle cup. Next week, I will probably be fighting in the open great league. And then the following week, I will be fighting in the fantasy cup for ultra league because dragons are allowed and I have an ultra league flygon and I am going to use it to victory. Fantasy cup is dragon and fairy and steel right yes so just curiosity question what why would you run dragons i don't know i guess i can also just check and actually see what uh the rankings look like for fantasy but i can't imagine oh hey look shadow flygon rank number four amazing you see yes i guess okay giratina I, i understand rank seven all right sure and regular Flygon rank 16. Okay, not not too bad, actually. See, you can't disrespect the Flygon. I don't know how many people are going to be running Ultra League XL Turtonator, but you're, you're going to make them wish they hadn't. <laughs> you bet you're sorry, but I am. But I also take pickup wins over Lucario, Registeel, Galarian Weezing. But I have to stay away from, like, you know... The top picks in Tapufini, Slurpuff, Sandslash. At least some of those you can hit well. <laughs> like the the Sandslash, at least you have the possibility of, of hurting with the ground moves. Uh-huh. So there there exists a reality where maybe you get to take one of those out with a flygon move, but yeah. It seems it seems like a tough cup. And the ratings kind of drop off pretty quick. 
it's gonna be a tough tough bring but i'm gonna make it work somehow for for the rest of the good people i have to once again say this is a great time to build a master league team because you can play it for three weeks straight through the end of the season jet i'm gonna say this with in the nicest way possible take your propaganda for master league (laughs) and throw it out the window i i am of a master league gbl convert like just the fact that they keep doing this where it's honestly you can play through the end of a season with a single team like kind of a big deal worth the investment fine i'll give you that okay well how's your gbl progress going jet uh pretty okay like i i actually had kind of hoped that i would be having an easier time in the little jungle cup but it's been much more even matches than i think i'm used to in little cup like i I feel like a lot more people are playing it this time and bringing interesting strategies that their the win cons are are not necessarily clear most of the time but i'm back back into the the 2800s so still still hanging out still ready to hit legend sometime You'll get to legend before me. I just, but, I just, I just want to see like what your your personal best can can look like before we get to September. Well, so far my personal best was twenty six ten, and we have we have open great league coming up, so that's that's also like a great time to make sure you get your games in. Definitely, and so we'll we'll definitely want to see what happens there. I'm going to be doing our best, but you know. A shorter section two than nor- than normal, but you know, still a fun time all around. It is unfortunately that part of the episode where we say our goodbyes. Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. Fun trip down memory lane. All things considered. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for uh, setting setting up this retrospective week for us. It was it was good. Like full and proper. Say goodbye to self. Yeah. This is unfortunately the last time we're going to talk about self in in detail. We may mention it in passing, like, oh, hey, this person fought on this team or this person did this. But, you know, we're, we're now moving on to the Battle Frontier. We have a special we have a special episode planned for that. So it's now time to start, you know, hyping it up a little bit. But uh, I want to thank you all. want to thank you all each and every week for coming out supporting and listening the support y'all y'all have just means it means the most i'm gonna do my best not to get choked up because i'm i'm very happy I'm, I'm sad but i'm also very happy it's a it's a bittersweet we can we can also uh, look forward to going through some of Taco's battles next i don't know about episode but eventually eventually <laughs> that'll be one of the things that we start doing yeah and you I've can got... uh, you can you can comment the battles I'll send from the Iowa City tournament too. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, so unfortunately, I do have to, we do have to say goodbye. But always remember, keep your dragon fangs sharp. Ice types are overrated. Fairies are scary. And until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. I hope to see you in GPL.